Hey everybody, this is uh, Editing Rob. It sounds weird. But anyway, this is Rob from after the episode. And uh, I'm working on the edits for this week. And I just wanted to take a moment and first explain and really apologize. Because I had a great episode with Melinda, my wife. She and I recorded. It was a wonderful episode. And then the computer just said, nope. And lost the file. Still haven't been able to find it two weeks later. So a little frustrated with that, but such is life. She and I are going to record again sometime soon, probably once school starts and things settle. And we'll just have a lost episode that's her and I talking. It'll be a bonus episode, so something released midweek. So that'll be a thing that happens hopefully in the near future. Anyway, about today's episode. It is a great conversation. I actually want to get out of the way to get into that conversation, but I wanted to take a moment and introduce what is our intro and outro music today. And today is a little bit different than normal. We'll bring some of the normal stuff back, but I'm also kind of looking and saying maybe I want to change our sound. Different conversation. We can have that later. But this is the intro and outro music is by the flannel covers. You're going to hear us talk about the flannel covers and a little bit about how that ties in with the crazy book lady. It's a fun, neat little thing. The intro is their opening rift to them covering Pearl Jams Alive. But stick around to the end of the episode, because once that music plays, I'm going to let the whole song play out this time. It's a really good cover. It's a really good song. They sound great. The recording is beautiful. So hang in there. And just listen to some good old 90s kind of grunge music. Uh, Great, great cover band. So if you're in my area and you ever want to go and check them out, they have a website. All their information's down in the show notes. They got a couple local shows coming up. Check them out. Great band. All right. Thank you, guys. Well, good morning. Hi, how are you? Good. How was vacation? Oh, good. Oh, was yes, I was on vacation last week. Was this camp? Was good. Was a, whoa, I can't say it. Uh, it was on Sebago Lake in Maine, and we did tons of swimming. I mean, that was kind of the only thing for the kids to, to do. And then, so we swam. If they were awake, they were basically swimming (laughs) and it was super hot. It was, um, I think it was like the second week of it being wicked hot. So Mm. the kids got a little, despite my attempts at, um, applying sunscreen, they still got a little fried. So I felt bad, but we took a break and came home, um, for a day or two and then went back to give them a break. So, so you're that mother who chases kids around with sunscreen. I, I used to not be, but. Mm. Yeah, if they, I, I don't want them to blame me for skin problems later, so they have enough to blame me for. Skin problems doesn't need to be one of them. <laughs> Melinda does the same thing, but we have a guest with us this morning. 
we do a very exciting guest. I'm very excited about this guest. <laughs> Not that I've been unexcited for prior guests, but this guest in particular, um, I, I feel like we're going to have a lot of interesting things to talk about. Yeah, wait a minute. Excluding Melinda, who was on the podcast last week, mm-hmm. um, the past couple guests have all been yours. So you're saying you're ex- more excited about my guest this morning than yeah. all your friends you've had on recently? Well, I I feel like this is a, a kind of a... Your own yeah, child? I guess this, this topic... Well, I talk to my child con- he, constantly. He's constantly talking to me, so... Right, how about I, I let you go before we dig you in too much into a yeah. <laughs> I Just stop shoveling now. <laughs> it, it's the topic with this guest you're excited yes, for. Yes, uh, very much, yeah. So, for sure. Uh, the, yeah, so this morning it is Becky, who you go by crazy book lady in the community. I, I do over the summers. I spend my summers as the crazy book lady. Cool. That's cool. Can, Love it. Can I ask, I've been wondering about this. How did crazy book lady come about? The, the name or the thing? Both. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you might want to explain even the thing. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me, let me go way back. Let me, let me take you on a journey to 2018. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a middle school teacher. I teach, uh, I teach eighth grade um, language arts in uh, the city school where, uh, where Rob and I both work. Um, and in that particular spring, um, I was trying to get my students to read more. And uh, I, I had noticed it was a real, it was a real problem because um, I had very few kids and, and I've always been someone who read for fun um, ever since I was a very small child. And, and um, it was, it was really disconcerting to me that my kids in my classroom weren't reading for fun. And, and when I sat down and talked to them, I found it wasn't because they didn't like to read. They did like to read. They liked to read very much. Um, it was that they couldn't get their hands on things that they thought were worth reading. Um, hmm. Our school library does the best that they can, but the good books always get checked out right away. And sometimes they don't come back. Um, and uh, so I, I said to the kids, I said, well, this is easy. I'll fix this. We'll go to the public library. I'll get you guys a tour. I can get you library cards. Cause at 14, you can sign up for your own library card without uh, parent permission. And uh, the kids were pretty quick to tell me why that was not gonna work. <laughs> they said, oh, we, we can't use the library. I said, what do you mean you can't use the library? This is ridiculous. And um, the truth of the matter is a lot of my kids are transient. Um, they move either from town to town or they move from house to house, from rental property to rental property. And uh, their parents wouldn't let them check books out of the library because they were afraid the book would get lost in a move and then they'd have a library mm-hmm. fine. And then uh, when we, we drilled down even deeper, we, we found some, some even more uh, disconcerting problems than that. I mean, that's a big enough problem in itself, but I also have, um, being in the city school, I have kids who have parents who are undocumented mm. using the library. You have to put your name on things. You have to make a paper trail. So they were a little afraid of the library. And I also have kids whose 
parents have bench warrants for fines and minor offenses and same thing. You have to put your name on things at the library and they were afraid whether founded or not founded that the putting their name on things at the library would be a way that they could be found. Um, hmm. So mm -hmm. I realized pretty quickly if I wanted them to read, I was just going to have to get some books and give them to the kids and not expect to have them back. Um, and people really got behind what I was doing. I, I, uh, I like to tell people my social media game is on point. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I was really getting the word out there about what I was doing and why I was doing it. And I had all these donations coming in and it was wonderful. Like I could sit down with the kids once a week and say, what are you reading? What would you like to read next? And I could put a list out and almost anything I could get. And it, it was, it was really great. The kids were excited. They were taking books home. I, one of my girls in particular, she was so proud. She had about 10 books that she had gotten from me and she had a shelf in her room and it was, she had never had a little library of her own before. She was so proud. Oh, so, that's awesome. That was really cool. Um, that's fantastic. Yeah. But at the end of that school year, I got this enormous donation and I didn't know what to do with it. I, it was hundreds of books. And some of them were like board books for babies. Some of them were beach reads and stuff that the folks in the retirement home and the senior center liked to read. And mm -hmm. I, I had everything. And, and I didn't want it to sit in my classroom and collect dust all summer. Mm -hmm. So uh, I know um, Melanie Wells, who works for uh, Wellspan Health, and she was running a pop-up market at the old train station in Lebanon. <sighs> and, and I called her and I said, look, I, I know you're doing the pop-up market with vendors. Can I set up a table and hand out books? She's like, really? Like for free? I said, oh yeah. Like, I, I just want to, I just want to put my table up. I said, basically I'll be a book box, but it's me with hundreds of books and I'm a person. <laughs> Yeah, and she loved the idea. So, so every Monday that summer, I was at I was at Monday's Market, and I was with all these other vendors, and and the vendors loved it. They would come over, they'd get all their things set up, and wait for a lull, and they'd come over and see what the book lady had, because yeah. things for themselves, or they would bring me a little box, and it just it became this very cool word of mouth thing. Mm. So, <clears throat> I my books from my original set started dwindling but people would show up with a box of books and i would add it and it's been oh gosh now how many years has it been since 2018 it's been four years yeah then. i've never run out of books i've never even come close to running out of books it just populates itself and sometimes i get someone who goes can i give you five bucks and i'm not going to say no to that right right <laughs> But I can stretch that because uh, Salvation Army has half off Wednesdays and that includes their paperbacks. So I can go take my $5 and get 50 cent paperbacks from Salvation Army. And I do. Uh, wow. I wonder if we have a Salvation Army up here because that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. there, are, there are a couple of thrift stores that do that. They have one day where it's half off day. Hmm. Do you guys have Goodwills down there? A Goodwill store every every each day there's a different tag uh color tag and if it's that day's tag it's half off that item but it's the books I want that's never the tag color it's inevitably <laughs> it's ne <Wow>. never <laughs> 
I won't say which goodwill because I don't want to get this person in trouble, but for, for a while, there was a, a friend of a former student who was a cashier at the goodwill. And mm-hmm. um, this person knew who I was and what I did. And I, and I would come up with my big stack of books and, and this cashier would go, oh, this one has a discount. Oh, look, this one has a discount too. Just <laughs> the book lady. And, That's and awesome. it, it was very sweet. It was very sweet. I would never, ever want to tell on them because it was really, really neat that they were doing that. That's great. So you've been doing this for four years mm-hmm. and it started because of a need in your classroom. Yeah. I, so, all right. I watching your social media. You really are on point with that. You you have a great social media, and your husband's in a band too, isn't he? My husband is in a band. Yes, he is. Cool. Uh, he hates it when I talk about it this way, but of course I'm going to do it. I call them the all dad grunge band. <laughs> <laughs> they are there i mean they're they're four guys they're a grunge cover band my husband's the bassist they call themselves the flannel covers (laughs) yeah yeah but they were they were very upset when i started referring to them as as the dad band because they never thought of themselves as dad based like well you 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 are i'm sorry (laughs) hey you know nothing wrong with that no they would do Um, the same thing to you if the if if the tables were turned, you can oh, they, you can they, be darn tootin'. <laughs> yeah, all right, I'll move. <laughs> okay, Did you guys so sing the mom band. Yeah. Sorry, Jesse's mom and all those things are. Is it Jesse's mom? Stacy's mom. Stacy's mom. I always get that mom. wrong. Jesse's girl. Stacy's girl. Jesse's girl. Stacy's mom. mom. I, yeah, music and I, I don't always agree, but <laughs> your husband does band, but you also have a whole lot that you do with your own social media that's promoting what is Crazy Book Lady, but even some of the things, and it, you and I have talked a little bit about this, but Melinda is starting her first full-time school uh, as a school counselor, and we've kind of taken notes from some of the stuff you've done to help the kids and gone those are great ways to be able to just show the kids that they're loved. And that's one of the things I've, I've loved about seeing and interacting and even having you this summer two times now at the church mm-hmm. where it's just, you're there to love the community, love the kids, love people, which is just amazing. So Thank you. I, I grew up here, so I, I have I have a lot of my heart invested in this town, and um, and and I do I do try to do a lot for my students because there there is there is a need, and especially the last two years with pandemic things going on, people are needier than ever. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, needy for stuff and and needy for love. I'm going to put a kind of pause in this because I don't know if I can put this in the podcast. You heard a little bit of the story of one of the families that was here Mm -hmm. when we had the Spark Park Day with you. And that's a family that we've been trying to help and has had needs. Yeah, you even posted about that on social media. I'm Uh, a storyteller. Well, which makes sense with you giving away books as well and (laughs) reading books. Uh, But 
that's a family that's been near and dear to my heart. And I just wanted to let you know I was in the building because I'm dropping off the flowers. <laughs> Thank you, Colleen. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Nope. School is the same. I get it. <laughs> um, but no, I, that's a family that's been near and dear to my heart. And okay. Sorry, I'm getting lots of things. <laughs> no, I can't believe I haven't. My, my phone's on silent, but it has not blown up yet. Yeah, my mom had surgery yesterday. Oh, so it family stuff, but yeah. Hang on. Oh, I shouldn't have looked at my phone. I feel so old. <laughs> I have the daughter, and this is the first time this has happened. I've been a teacher for 18 years. I have the daughter of a former student in class now. Oh man, that's he, gotta he be up weird. On my class list. And I just, I, I sent him a message yesterday. It's, you know, I, I just, I want you to know your daughter's in my class. And I just got a message back from him. And all it says is, yo, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I, I have not experienced that yet. <laughs> that may come. But I, I also started out teaching high school and I was very young. Uh, so my, my first group of kids were really scarily close to my age. Uh, mm -hmm. So some of them have kids who are the same age as my kids or older than my kids. <laughs> Cause I had my, I had my first teaching job at 21 and some of my seniors were 19. Wow. Okay. They didn't know that, thank God, because that would have been. Yeah. 21. I was 20. I turned 22 right before the school year started. Did you fly through college? I'm a summer birthday. Ah, okay. So you started younger. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm a summer birthday. So I was 17 when I graduated and I turned 18 that summer. Wow. Okay. So same thing. I accepted my first teaching job. I was only 21 and turned 22 right before the school <laughs> year started, which I, I don't know what I would have done if the kids had known that. Well, and, and uh, my first job was actually with, um, it was at an alt ed school. So mm. it was kids who had been expelled from regular school. Yeah. And uh, we only had about 60 high school kids total grades nine through 12 so had some nice small classes and a lot of those kids especially the ones who are doing well I still talk to them and and I remember maybe two years ago I had uh, I was at the park with one of my former students and his three kids and my kids were there and they were all playing together and we're sitting on a bench together just having some coffee and the kids are all playing and we're just catching up and he goes you know what I finally realized? You're not old. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> he had just he had just gotten out of a relationship. He was like, I think my last girlfriend was older than you. I'm like, let's not talk about that, please. <laughs> but like, thank goodness these high school kids didn't know how young I was when I was there. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> 
don't know where to go with that. I know. Uh, it's just kind of a funny thing. But... My ninth grade uh, English teacher was extremely influential in um, sort of uh, breathing more life into my love for reading because I'd always been a reader, but he made it seem magical. And I, I loved him. I, I still have dreams about him and his his influence on me not in a weird way robert yeah, i, I, know. I just still i still dream like about trying to get to his classroom or i'm in i'm in high school and i'm trying to go to class and he's passing me in the hallway and i'm like hey. <laughs> you know yeah i mean it's nothing weird <laughs> but he was he was such a good teacher he was like um um keating from dead poet society that's what he that's what he reminded me of or Hmm. Anyway, yeah, I really loved him. He's good. So, okay. but all that to say, stuff came out. Oh, sorry, Lindsay. Well, teachers are absolutely a hundred percent vital to to inspiring a love for reading in, in kids. So, yeah, I have kudos. to say, I mean, hindsight being twenty twenty, I almost wish we had tracked down one of your former students now because <laughs> I, I've seen this as well in the community and social media and even even with one of your former teachers reaching out to you mm -hmm. indirectly. And you you have inspired that around you in people, which is really neat to see uh, and incredibly commendable. So well, thank you. you know, knowing that there are teachers like you in the school system who aren't just interested in the paycheck, but interested in the kid, interested in not just get this fact under control, but what do you need in your life to be stable that's that's a huge testament so yes thank you, you well you, you just reminded me of one of my good friends at work um gave me a christmas card with some fun stickers in them and one of them says um i got into teaching for the fame and the money <laughs> <laughs> because nobody does that like you 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 go into teaching because you really like kids and you and you love people yeah and yeah that's it <laughs> sorry looking at that with melinda starting into the schools yeah it's not the money no it's fine. I, I don't want people to think we're broke. We're not, but it's certainly not. We're not working for a Fortune 500. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. But, all right. We, so we've gotten some of the background of the crazy book lady. I know you're gonna have to do a lot of editing. <laughs> I, you know what? It's gonna be okay as it is because sometimes the conversations are just wild, and you know, with the interruptions, this one's going to be wild. Uh, Lindsay, did you have some questions or should we start with like the very basic question of what do you, what do you want? Well, what what's the basic question? Because you know me, I tend to jump into it neck deep before before we're really we're ready. So what's the basic question? <laughs> what basic question are you thinking of? What's your favorite book? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Right. Come on. That's a huge thing. Well, it's a hard question to ask. I mean, I mean, answer question to no. ask a hard question to answer. Okay. Yes. I was going to say, I, of which, <laughs> of which genre? Right, I mean... right, right. So what's your favorite nonfiction? Do you, do you read nonfiction? Do you like nonfiction? I, I do. I'm not a big nonfiction fan, but I've read some very, very good ones. I would have to say, and this is going to be a surprise. My favorite nonfiction 
is, and I, I don't know if I can say this on your show, so you might have to. You definitely can. Um, we did a whole episode of swear words. We're oh, okay. Okay, good. <laughs> okay. So my favorite, absolute favorite nonfiction is uh, Professional Idiot, which is uh, the memoir of Steve-O from Jackass. Really? <gasps> I want to read that. Oh, it's, it is not the book you think it's going to be. Is he's it really sad? A, he's a bit of a sad clown. Yeah. I, I loved it. Hmm. I loved it. Loved it. He actually flunked out of clown college, which is how he fell in with the jackass <laughs> guys. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait to read that. Professional idiot. Okay. I'm going to have to. It's, it's really good. There are a couple of, a couple of, um, autobiographies and memoirs that I really, really like, um, some of my other my other top list i read uh the princess diarist by carrie fisher <clears throat> which is excellent she shares her diaries that she kept while she was filming star wars oh wow yeah it they're they're really great um so that was a good one i also read um sissy by jacob tobia and they are a trans person um bit of a, a celebrity and uh grew up in North Carolina and they just talk about their experience growing up trans in North Carolina and and that was wonderful as a teacher I always try to get other teachers to read that because I mean more more and more we have trans students in our classrooms and that really helped me to better understand something that is very much out of my own experience. In fact, I loved the book so much that I, I emailed the author when I was done and said like who I was. And I, this is, this book is excellent. This helped me so much. And I got, I must've gotten a two page email back from them, which I did not expect. Wow. I did not. I still have it saved in my inbox because it was just, it was really nice to wow. have a little bit of a correspondence. Um, more recently, I read uh, Where Tomorrows Aren't Promised by Carmelo Anthony, the NBA player. Okay, yeah, I've heard of that. I That was also excellent. Hmm. But I don't read a lot of nonfiction. <laughs> if, I, if I pick up something and read it, I'm, I'm going to have to be really into it if it's nonfiction. What's the um, most challenging book you've ever read? The hardest book, the hardest read, you know? Uh, probably The Grapes of Wrath by John Steinbeck. Because what I what hate, made it? I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, had seen, I had seen a play of The Grapes of Wrath and loved it and thought it was wonderful. So I got myself a copy and like... He spends four pages describing mm. a tumbleweed. And I was like, I mm -hmm. can't do this. I want I, to do this, but I can't. I loved that book. I so I really, I, I loved like the turtle. Like he had me at the turtle at the beginning of the book. I, I Good just loved you. it. <laughs> what, what grade level do you teach? Eighth. That was, the, that was when I was required to read that. And now I have an eighth grade teacher sitting here telling me that she hates that. I, oh, this is like unraveling my childhood. I, I'm sorry. I'm like, Do you want to know what else I hate? Yeah. I hate the Scarlet Letter. 
Really? I hate it. Oh, I, I, I don't. Yeah. Okay. I hate it. I hate it. Because because you're mad because it's a, a maddening book or because of the writing or what? What didn't you like it. about it? Yeah. All of it. All of it. All of it. I'm like just just let Hester live her life. She, right. <laughs> right. But I like, think that's the point of, of the book. None of this is her fault, and Nathaniel Hawthorne makes it all her fault. Is it though? Is that is that the point? Is I guess I haven't read it in a long time, but maybe I missed the point of the book. I don't know. I had to read I, it in high school and then I had to read it again in college and I wanted to like it when I read it in college and I, yeah. I did not. Now, that's not to say I don't love classic lit. I do. I do. Mm. I just read um, I read The Picture of Dorian Gray mm. this mm -hmm. winter and I love that. I thought mm -hmm. that was great. That I have, I've been meaning to read that for years. It's probably in my car right now because I just did an event last night. <laughs> <laughs> I might snag that from my car okay is with full it. of books right now. <laughs> I so the hardest book I've ever read that I actually didn't finish because it was too hard was um, War and Peace. I really wanted to be able to brag and say that I read War and Peace, but there was just so many characters and the names are so difficult to keep track of that I think the only way I could re read it is if I listened to it. And someone else could do all the hard work for me because it, it doesn't I, get any better listening to it. Oh, uh, <laughs> I try once a year and I, I get about an eighth of a, a way, eighth of the way further in that book every year. You try every year. Yeah. Every year to read War literally. And Peace, yeah, literally. Yeah. That's so odd. That's such an odd thing to do. Well, it's not like every <laughs> year for the past thirty odd. seven years. It's it's, just... it's odd. Like, oh, it's 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 July. I it's time for me to try to read War and Peace. <laughs> Strange. No, it normally sits there and you know, it's that constant thorn reminder. Oh yeah, I did try and read that. Maybe I should try it again. I I'm I'll try when I'm old and I have <laughs> more time. Life, it's too, life is too short for me right now to <laughs> read something I don't want to read. Nope, 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 nope. What's yeah, the book I, that you've read? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, you. I'm, I'm probably going to hop right on top of that question. I don't know if, I, if I'm going to guess what you were going to ask. Um, you reminded me of something I do every year um, for the last, this is, this will be now my third year doing this. And this is a thing that people don't understand. Um, I, I love Janet Ivanovich. She's great, like beach read guilty pleasure kind of fun. She writes crime thrillers and mysteries. Yeah. Um, she has a series about, uh, a Jersey girl named Stephanie Plum, who is like down on her luck. She just got divorced. She just got laid off all of her, like her car got repossessed. She has nothing better to do than to go work for her cousin, who is a bail bondsman. And she means to get an office job, but she ends up being a bounty hunter because that's where the big money is. And she is just, she is just hapless and bumbling and they're really funny. They're really, really funny books. Um, mm -hmm. But a new one comes out every November. So round about July, I reread the entire series. Wow. And there are 32 Whew. books in the series now. 
So wow. I, I just got done a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm up to number six. And, and people ask me all the time, they're like, how can you reread a book like that? So, well, do you sit and watch office reruns all night long? Because that's what that's like for me. It's like binging reruns of my favorite show. So, yeah, I do that almost every October. I did it once outside of October, but, um, you know, October comes around and we as a family are, oh, you know, Halloween, let's watch Harry Potter to help get in the mood. And so we start watching the movies and I sit there and go, this is the worst movie ever. The books are better. And then I go, why am I, I'm just going to read the books. Yeah. Yeah. Come October, I normally read all the Potter books. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't reread many books. Uh, I've, I've reread Cloud Atlas several times. I loved it. Um, the movie's not, doesn't do the same thing. So if you don't judge the book by the movie because the movie doesn't do the same thing, the book's really smart. The movie missed the point, I think. Like, the point is not the same in the movie. What's that? That happens a lot. The movie just yeah. missed the point. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, she froze. That book just, I get, I love that book. Uh, and I, and I can't even really explain it, I guess. Um, I guess I just love Elizabeth, Elizabeth Salander and I love the writing. I love how it feels kind of cold. It's written really coldly. Like, I don't, it's just really interesting to me, but I, what else have I reread? <laughs> I don't know. The Voice of the, the Mark of the Lion series by Francine Rivers. I've read that a couple times, I think. Have you guys ever read the no, Mark of the Lion series? I've heard of it, but. It's good. It, it's it's good. But I wonder what it would be like reading it now, because I think I, I read it a bunch in high school or something. I, I don't know how it how it would come off to me as an adult. But um, in the Poisonwood Bible by Barbara Kingsolver, I've read that several times. So the list is small. And even though, like I want to reread Harry Potter, and I've reread the first one like three times because I've read it to the kids and this and that. I think I've reread and I've oh, and I've listened to them a bunch. What? <laughs> but I definitely don't have a tradition. Like, I I just read The Fellowship of the Ring for the second time in my whole life, oh. and it was so much better than the first time I read it. And I liked it the first time, but it was I I got so much more detail because I read it out loud to my son. So I was listening more. I was hearing myself more. Um. And I, I got a lot more out of it. So what are you going to make? Wait a minute. What, Moment what? of judgment here. You've only read Fellowship of the Ring once. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I understand that to a degree because I didn't read that full series until I was an adult. I love The Hobbit mm -hmm. as a teen. Couldn't yeah. read the rest of them. But come on. I read yeah. that. I do that like every Well, it's years because for me. The Fellowship of the Ring, I would try to reread it, but I would like, it takes so long to get going in the first book. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm only at the Prancing Pony. And I've been reading this for like forever. But and I think my favorite book of the series is The Two Towers. And I think I've read that twice. And we're about to start that with Toby. And I can't, I'm excited because I think The Two Towers is my favorite. Because I love Rohan. Love Rohan. <laughs> Speaking of which, this leads me to my what was it I, I the two towers is my favorite too i mean yeah. that's, i i'm a i'm a i'm a sucker for book two of 
pretty much any series or movies. I mean, Empire. The, yeah, the, the world Star is Wars already movie. established. <laughs> it is one Empire. Yeah. Awesome. Um, that so okay. Ooh, have you ever read Robin McKinley? No. Okay, if you like vampires, Robin McKinley has the best vampire story I've ever read. It's called um, Sunshine. And like picture Anna Kendrick, an Anna Kendrick character, that's who I pictured the whole time. It's so good. And it, like the bumbling thing, like you were saying about um, Stephanie Plum. Stephanie? Yeah, yeah. She's kind of like that. She's like funny and and unassuming and like what am i doing in this book <laughs> it's she's so cute i i really love the story so i i highly recommend it, it maybe it'd be a good like october book because there is scary at parts um cool. it's awesome. uh it's not like tongue-in-cheek or anything it's very good why was i saying that oh okay so what is your favorite fictional universe in, in books books oh. Ooh, that's tough. Mm -hmm. That's really tough because I I love um I love me some Westeros. Hmm. That's Mar that's Martin, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's George. Game of Thrones. George. I actually yeah. have a I have a very, very chic, very classy infinity scarf that I wear to work sometimes. <laughs> when you unwrap it, it's a map of Westeros. <laughs> awesome. That was a that was a treat yourself present to me from me. <laughs> I did not expect that one from you. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I, that's a that's a good one. Well, actually, Game of Thrones got me through a very tough time. I I I started out. And this doesn't happen this way very often Book, with me. Books, I'm assuming, or shows? Both. Both, okay. Both. I am a huge fan of both. And I, and I think it's because George R.R. R. Martin worked on the TV series. As, an, For, as a media adaption of a book, yeah, Game of Thrones was pretty good. Yeah, that, I mean, I, I have a couple, I have a couple TV and movie adaptations that I really, really like. Game of Thrones is one of them. Hunger Games is another. Oh yeah, I love the Hunger Games movies and the books. That's something I've read several times. Mm -hmm. um, so I love Westeros. I do like the Pan Am universe. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also a huge fan of Castle Rock. That would be Stephen King's. Mm. Yeah. I was hoping you'd go there. I was hoping you'd go there. I love Castle Rock too. I'm I'm reading. I have it in my bag right now. I'm reading "If It Bleeds." Yeah, which, uh, a collection of uh, of uh, four short novels. So oh, I'm doing okay. that for the uh, the book challenge that just started. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's another thing that you run. You do a summer book challenge. Mm -hmm. It's not just the summer. Oh, it, so it's, it's all so it's all year. So this this came from being the crazy book lady so it, it all it all interrelates so I realized that it wasn't enough just to get books into the kids hands because a lot of my kids were going can I take this for my mom can I take this for my dad and and of course I think that's wonderful because that's something that um both of my parents are readers I have to mention that because when they did the Lebtown article about me I only talked about my dad and my mom was very upset with me 
She was like, I read to you now. I said, I know mother. But the, the thing is, um, I got really into reading horror because that's what my dad read. And mm -hmm. I was reading like kids horror books and my dad saw I really liked them. So about sixth grade, he started sharing his Stephen King with me. And then I really, really liked those. Um, so that, that really started me on my, like, just devouring of huge books. All right. So I have to ask, since you kind of referenced the age range and kids horror, was that the age of R.L. Stein or? Yes. So I had some, I think Goosebumps was pretty new when I was in late elementary school. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to read that book. Those books, I hid them. I hid them under my mattress. <laughs> <laughs> so Goosebumps, and then there was Fear Street, and Fear Street was the series mm. for teenagers. Which every now and then, just for like nostalgia's sake, I can get some some of my eighth grade girls to read the Fear Street books, but they're so they're so dated because there are things where like <laughs> like they're using like landlines to do things, and there are things that the kids are like, what what is this? Or like a phone booth and. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. some of some of them have stood the test of time and some of them really haven't. And mm -hmm. they're just like, well, I would catch the killer no problem. All you need is a little caller ID. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyhow, um, yeah, so that would be uh Fear Street. Actually, there there was a book I read. I found it in my elementary school library. It was called The Ghost of Opalina. And it was about a cat. So this story was told from the perspective of a ghost cat who had lived in the attic in this house for like two centuries. And I loved that. So you get like all these different time periods. And I think the book was written in the 60s. So it was these children in the 60s just moved into this house and discovered this cat in the attic. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I actually, I, I reread it recently and was like this was my jam in fourth grade why <laughs> but I loved it I loved it loved it and and my dad saw that and I think that's when he started passing me the Stephen King he's like well if you like that here you go here you so go. speaking of which cats scary cats pet cemetery oh I think that's the buck <laughs> Burke, <laughs> I think that's the scariest Stephen King book for me. It got under my skin the most, and I had bad dreams about it. Ooh. Yeah, that oh, no. that. I mean, that, that one's pretty scary. Um, I know that probably is the one that my dad is the most afraid of because when he was reading it for the first time I have an older sister she's just two years older than I am so we're pretty close in age and then I have a brother who's much much younger he is uh, eight years younger um but my sister and I were just about the age of the kid in pet mm -hmm. cemetery and that mm -hmm. was the thing like that did it for him <laughs> he still yeah. talks about how that was one of and my sister and I were like little blonde kids too like the yeah yeah that we were his little that, of the corn I, I I had kids when I when I read the book and it, that book got under my skin big time uh 
and I won't spoil the book, but the ending was the absolute scariest ending of a book I have ever read. <sighs> also, guess what? Castle Rock, the movie, the show, did you watch the show? No, because I don't have the right streaming platform. It's like, well, just do it. for. It's like six bucks a month. And what, see, you should talk to my husband. This is what I keep bucks, saying. Just six bucks. And then you can like watch the show and stop, you know, stop watching it. But it's filmed in Orange, Massachusetts, uh, where I grew up. Which is really cool. Like, I've been, like, there's scenes in there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been to that bridge. I know where that is. And, oh yeah, my friend lives right up the road from there. Like, it's really cool. So I loved it. And um, if, if you've seen Misery with Kathy Bates, it, it, the second season of Castle Rock, which I think is best, it's the best one. This woman plays a younger version of, of uh, Annie and does her so, so well. It's amazing. It's amazing. But that's all I have to say about that. That's great. Mm. Well, so I, I love Stephen King very much. And um, I, I discovered there is an author that, the horror author I love even more than Stephen King. And that is Joe Hill, who mm -hmm. is his son. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Joe Hill. Yeah, I've read Horns. I loved Horns. That I was spooky, horns. scary. Heart-shaped box is my favorite. Noted. <laughs> I haven't read that one yet. Oh, I love Heart Shaped Box. I, um, I must have read Heart Shaped Box about three or four times. Have you read the short story um, Into the Tall Grass? Yes. I just read that this spring. I just read I, well, the collection that it's in full throttle. I just read that. I think that's the, that's one of the scariest things I've ever read. Gross. It was pretty, uh, it was gross. Pretty scary. Disgusting. Like yeah. gory. Wow. I can't believe you went there. And yeah. in the show, they go there too. And it's I, almost like you're not it's really... sitting in my Netflix queue. I haven't watched it yet. It's pretty gross. But it's good. I, you know, it's King and classically King. And that's yeah. written by Joe Hill and Stephen King. Yeah, they wrote correct? it. So there, there are two stories in that collection that they wrote together. Is the other one 1922? No, no, that's Stephen King by himself, which I also love. Full Dark, No Stars is one of my favorite Stephen King uh, short collections, like mm. start to finish, because I love, uh, I love 1922. I love um, Big Driver. Is that the dual thing? L like um, the truck driver that's yeah. following the guy? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I love that. And actually that was made into a Lifetime movie. And for a Lifetime movie of a Stephen King book, it's good. It is really good. Because it's um, about stalking? Like, so it's like Lifetime because it's stalking? <laughs> I don't know why they made it, but sure. I mean. Huh, like an after school special about stalking. <laughs> kind of. But uh, yeah, well, and like. Maria Bello is in it. She's the main character. So they got some some pretty famous people to be in it. Um, but the, yeah, I love Full Dark No Stars. Um, in Full Throttle, which I just read, that actually contains my favorite short story of all time, which is a tall order because I've read a lot of short stories. Um, Full Throttle is the, the Joe Hill short story collection um, that we were just referencing. He has a couple stories in it that he wrote with his mm -hmm. dad. Um, there is one called late returns and i love it 
it's got the right amount of creep factor, but it also, it, it made me cry because it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Hmm. It is about hmm. a bookmobile. <laughs> <laughs> it's that like sounds- a, a guy probably about my age comes back to his hometown, needs a job, and the library has a job driving the bookmobile. That's awesome. It's, it is a beautiful story. I just like, it just, it just makes you happy. Mm-hmm. And it's got mm-hmm. a little spooky in it. So. Mm-hmm. I, I just read his um, collection, Bizarre of Bad Dreams. That was really good. Okay. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that a lot. It, oh, I listened to it and, and they had different narrators for each story. So it was super fun. It's fun to listen to. And then in between the stories, Stephen King would comment on either the writing of it or the theme of it. And so I, and I love, and it was his, it was him. He was narrating that, that part. So that was cool. I love listening to him talk about writing and reading, you know, but I, I'm an aspiring writer. So I, I like to listen to what he has to say about that. Yeah, I do. I do like that. And that's one of the other things I loved about Full Throttle. Um, in the back of the book, Joe Hill had like story notes, story by story. So if you wanted to, you could read the story and then read his notes about mm-hmm. writing the story, which I, I think is fun. He's a big, uh, he's a big Easter egg writer too. If you didn't know, you have to keep reading through like the acknowledgements and like a note about the type like the stuff you never read because he hides things Hmm. oh i see what you mean yeah like in uh in uh, nosferatu which Mm -hmm. if you're not familiar with that book it's it's a license plate so Mm -hmm. that's how you pronounce it but it's n-o-s-4-a-2 yeah Nosferatu. <laughs> cool. But that's a vampire book. And that's Oh, really- yes, that's a vampire. Yes. That might What's be that, that might be my favorite vampire story. It's for me mm. that's between it's between Nosferatu and uh Salem's Lot. Yeah. Salem's Lot made me afraid to uh, walk my dog at sunset for a while. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was that's good. the whole thing. The 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 vampires in Salem's lot come out exactly at sunset. Like if the <laughs> weather it's it's funny. It's kind of funny, but it is a pretty scary book. But so like if if the weatherman said that like sunset was at 502, the vampires come out at 502. And it's one of the things where like the main character in the book is like, you gotta be kidding me. Like really? <laughs> what's what's his go ahead no go ahead Lindsay. go well i was gonna say what's the scariest book you've ever read and um did it give you nightmares or that yeah scariest oh that's that's tough because i do love horror so Mm -hmm. um like i'll get i'll get scared in the moment or i'll be really into something um, but it won't necessarily, <laughs> it won't necessarily get me because, you know, just as 
as an English teacher and somebody who appreciates literature, like I recognize like all the tropes and the little things from folklore that they pull into horror. And I think that's very cool. Um, yeah. I love horror movies too. Big Bruce Campbell fan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just, I was so sad when Ash versus Evil Dead got canceled. Oh, it did? It did. It, I have not been following it. It did. It did. They, they made it through, I think it was the third or fourth fourth i i don't i'm on i'm almost finished with it on netflix because i had started watching it when it was on stars and had to wait for it to come out because some things some things in my house only i like so i have to watch them when i'm alone <laughs> and i'm not alone very often yeah yeah so, just bruce campbell since you kind of brought you know anytime sam raimi does a movie bruce campbell's in it oh yes the 88 delta yes Oh, I know. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, uh, what was the Doctor Strange, Multiverse mm -hmm. of Madness? Mm -hmm. You had to find the 88 Delta and you have to find Bruce Campbell. And and there's like a teaser that he's going to be that character in other Marvel well, movies. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm hmm. about that. Have you seen Doctor hmm. Strange, Multiverse of Madness yet? No, I, I watched the first one. I, I'm just going to admit, I really don't like Marvel movies very much. I don't. I've tried so hard to like them, but if I were to watch them, I did enjoy, I did like Doctor Strange because he likes books and he learns stuff and he's geeky and he's Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, and I like uh, Tom Holland because he's Tom Holland and he's adorable. But I don't really like, I don't like it. I don't really, it's not we're really my thing. We're going to fight about this later. <laughs> See, I would I, be I happy have, to fight with some, you. On paper, on paper, I'm a DC kid. I'm a DC comics person. I yeah. I have been a Suicide Squad reader from like since I was like <laughs> yeah. teens. Love Suicide Squad. Ooh. I just I I love the first movie because it's Suicide Squad. Other than that, uh, the second Suicide Squad wasn't bad. I that one's sitting in my DVR. I haven't watched it yet. It's not bad. Okay. Um, I mean, I loved in the first one. I I loved um, Will Smith and Margot Robbie. They were excellent. And you should watch the um, the series Peacemaker. It's I yes, dark and hilarious and just disturbed, but worth it. Yeah. Um, so I read Suicide Squad. I also I also read Batman comics. Um, I loved uh, the Long Halloween, which is what the Christopher oh. Nolan movies are based on. Um, and uh, and I love Alan Moore. So I've read, I've read Watchmen. I read um, Doomsday Clock, which is like, yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. So, so this is a funny story. I didn't read comics when I was a kid. Yeah. It's just not a thing that I did. Um, when I was about 18, I had a boyfriend who was like a real, like, literature snob but he was super into like the real <clears throat> thinker graphic novels like Watchmen oh, and okay. Sandman and, and those those kinds of things so I read Watchmen when I was 18 to impress a boy <laughs> and I <laughs> loved it so much I just started like devouring other comics because I was like late to the party and yeah yeah it was like this this former boyfriend and all his friends had been reading these comics since they were kids so I read Watchmen and then I got really into like some of the Batman things and just went down this whole rabbit hole and I ended up knowing more about the universes 
and the multiverses than he did. And, <laughs> and he dumped me <laughs> because he didn't like that. Wow. So I, I think no big loss there because like, I mean, I, I lost like 150 pounds of dead weight and gained like, <laughs> and gained these great books that I never knew existed. Um, so I, I love Alan Moore and, and I love, I love the, the darker, like late yeah. 90s, early 2000s Batman comics. Yeah. Yeah. That and, appeals to and, me more than, than Marvel. Yeah. But as far as movies go, Marvel makes the better movies. Yeah, DC has never exactly figured out how to make a good no outside of the batman movies franchise movies like yeah. supermans are hitting and them. i haven't seen a lot of the movies either i took a nap during but, but i do when we saw it in the theater like the big fight between yeah. like zod and superman i took a nap <laughs> it went on too long you it's like this I, is cool so, but you both can't hurt each other so now i'm sleepy <laughs> boring yeah i i've never i don't even think i've seen a batman movie since like george clooney was in it or something but um i've i saw gotham on netflix i'm i'm actually still watching it and i really like it it's writ it's like gritty and rich and fun and um i love the character arcs and stuff but i don't want it to be over so i i haven't seen it in a couple weeks but i really like that i i recommend it and I'm surprised I'm going to say this, but the Robert Patterson. That's uh, sitting in Batman, my DVR too. I haven't watched it yet. That's It's not the soon. best Batman, but he's really good. He's better than Ben Affleck Batman. Oh, he's a, he's a really good yeah. actor. Robert Pattinson. I love he him. Nothing to sneeze at. Um, He was in a movie uh, on Netflix called um, The Devil All the Time. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Vile. He's 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 vile, and Tom Holland's in that too. It's good. <laughs> I put I put Robert Pattinson and uh, and uh, Daniel Ratcliffe kind of in like the same league because like Daniel Ratcliffe can't do anything bad. I love him. I know it. He's. Have you seen the movie adaptation of Horns? He was very good he in that. He was very good. Have you seen Swiss Army Man? I have not. He's it. a dead guy. Okay. He's dead. Uh and it's amazing. She she made me watch it. Okay. And I'll tell you what, it it's hilarious. It's it's one of the weirdest movies you'll ever watch. But well, he's, he's so good. He's in the he's in the weird al biopic. He's I know, he's weird al. I know. I'm looking forward to that too. Like he just he's he doesn't make bad choices. <laughs> he's and he's doing a great job. I think his he he's um, made himself known as a super eclectic actor who can do anything, and now he's in anything he wants. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. <laughs> um, we need to start wrapping up. I was going to say we've been going for a long time. Well, so, and, and you said you had a, an appointment or a thing coming up at ten. Didn't, oh no! Actually, okay. Okay. So so, so on so on Saturday mornings, um, I go visit my eighty-seven-year-old grandmother in mm -hmm. Eastern Lancaster County. Um, and because I knew I was doing this and actually dad band has a gig later today. <laughs> um, and I wanted to go along <laughs> to that. We went and visited my grandmother yesterday. Oh, okay. We can keep so going. So we can keep going and you're just going to have a lot of editing to do. That's okay. <laughs> this, this is a, 
Rob, this is a good time to tell you, unfortunately, that I, because we did things sort of different today than we always do, I forgot to hit record until um, Becky was, like, introducing herself and yeah, talking yeah, about... Lindsay? That was, like, way at the beginning. Lindsay? Yeah. Yeah. I'm recording the whole thing. You too. And I'm just going to use that. You're good. Don't overthink. Okay. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Good, because I messed up. <laughs> Good. But, all right. So, I, I think this all started because we were talking about the book group on Facebook. Yeah, that's where <laughs> we started and went a ways away from that. All right, so context. Lindsay and I set a challenge kind of for us and what we were aiming for, and you wanted to read how many books this year? Uh, 50. And I'm aiming for 60. Yeah. So that's that's a personal challenge that she and I have been doing. And then we also do a book club with um, the 42. And about every three months, we read a book, talk about it. But you do a thing. This, this last book that he picked, I have been reading for three months. <laughs> I, I actually have a copy. It's sitting on my shelf. So I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. So I, I, really I think enjoy this book. I it's seven eaves, by the way, we're talking about it next week. Um, I enjoy it. I thought it was a great book. I thought it was a great premise. The beginning of it still disturbs me. But apparently Lindsay said I, I no. So I, your... I gotta save my vitriol for next Saturday, but mm. um it's good when it's narrative. <laughs> but he's obsessed with his own world and can't stop it's like it's like he wrote this in it's like he wrote a video essay for youtube and it's a very interesting world very interesting technology super cool but just like the narrative is sort of like there too sometimes so finally finally there's action oh, 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 oh. And we're going to stop now and we're going to talk about, I don't know, just, just, yeah. That's a little, that's actually a little how I felt over the winter when I was reading the picture of Dorian Gray, because I was real into it. I was real into it when it was talking about the characters and their interactions and all the things that were going on. And then there were like 20 pages of just like Victorian society and furniture. It's hmm. like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah. But then it picks back up again. Like it goes back to like Dorian in his house. I'm like, okay, good. We're good now. Yeah. But, yeah. And yeah. In interesting. But if you're, you, you pick one, do, do one and do, yes. and like, because the, the not narrative is cool, but you're interrupting your story <laughs> to, to do a lot of not narrative. Yeah, but I'm almost done. I am going to be done by next Saturday, which is a miracle. Um, but I've been really pounding it it out. Um, so also, have you read? Sorry, can we? Okay, Anne Rice. I'm 35 years old, and I'm just now reading Anne Rice, and it's so good. I am loving it, and it's also a, a 1,000 page book, Rob. So, have you read? Um, the witching hour no so I, I tried and i and i think it was just because like it was 
2020 lockdown and my head wasn't in the right place, I tried to read Interview with the Vampire. And I got about 50 pages in and I just, I just needed something lighter yeah. because of like my own mental state. So right. I, I, I liked her writing. So very rich just... and humid. It feels really humid. It's like, and I think that's it is her, her, the way she writes is so close. It's so like, oh, it's like a hundred, it's like a hundred percent humidity in her books. I don't know how to explain it other than that. It's just so rich and interesting yeah so i always meant to pick it back up and i and i imagine i would like it given different circumstances but i just i just wasn't ready in april of 2020 to read about people sucking the life forces out of each other <laughs> like i was not in the right headspace for that yeah so late 2020 early 21 she had me uh read what was my first stephen king novel <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah. Why would you do that to him I, during I, a well, pandemic? I, I didn't make him. I just said this is my favorite book, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to read that." I didn't make him. Yeah, it was his no, choice. I have audio somewhere where you're like, oh. "No, you really need to read that." Well, yeah, but he didn't have to read it then. But yes, it did come up in conversation, and he read it, and he was <laughs> scared. It is one of the best. It is, I think it is. Actually, you, you want to talk about, you know, I had trouble coming up with the scariest book I ever read, The Stand. Really? Yes. Yep. I Well, and it probably also has to do with the fact that I read it for the first time when I was 14. Yeah. I was terrified of Randall Flagg. Mm -hmm. Terrified. See, I actually mm -hmm. really liked how they wrote that character. That's not what bothered me it was the pandemic yeah that messed with me yeah well i i would imagine yes but so, that was also being in the state of pandemic yes so actually you know funny you say that i read the fireman by joe hill which is his pandemic story mm. which is also excellent but i read that that was november 2020 so we were we were pretty well far into things and there were parts of that where i was like oh i don't like this but it was such a great book it was mm. such a great book some of those some of the parts in that book st have stayed with me to this day one of them being when Stu is um trying to leave the facility he's in uh and like there's dead people everywhere and it's quiet and i could i just i feel that in my bones that scene That's yeah and I, and i think as far as like like pop literature not like classic literature i think franny's one of my favorite characters of all time yeah i love yeah. her yep me too me too for sure i i tried watching um the show the uh series and i didn't like it yeah, the mini series from the '90s isn't great either. Mm -mm. It was like they, they did the best they could. Now, um, Gary Sinise is Stu, and I love that choice. Yeah, me too. But it, the rest of it, I just because they have yeah. a, Molly Ringwald plays Franny, mm. mm -hmm. and they had her dye her hair for it, and she does a fine job, but she's not Franny. Yeah. Yeah, she's not Franny. No. Nope. But anyway, I'm yeah. sorry, Robert. <laughs> okay, so the book group. Yes. Um, okay, so 
Okay. So I realized that, you know, just, just giving my students books wasn't quite enough because ultimately what I, what I had intended to do as the crazy book lady, which is what the vendors later named me. So that's where crazy book lady came from. Yeah. It came from the other vendors at the market that I was at that first summer um, because they were selling things and I was giving things away for free. And they're like, here goes the crazy book lady, <laughs> but it, it, it caught on. And, and one of the other vendors, who's a friend of mine, who I grew up with, she made me an apron that says the crazy book lady. So now I, I wear it to everything that I do. So it's just, I mean, like it or not, that's my name now. <laughs> and I do kind of like it. Some people are like, aren't you insulted? No, I think it's fun. You got to come up with like a t-shirt or something. (laughs) Yeah. So, so anyhow, I, um, I realized that if my ultimate goal was to make Lebanon city be a more literate place that I was going to have to find a way to reach the adults. So that started with the book stand, giving books to kids and adults and everybody I possibly could. And then, um, I heard about later in that summer, um, it was, I want to say it was McDougal Lytell, the textbook company had a 10 novel reading challenge hmm. that you could, you could print and, you know, you, something you could do with students or you could do it with other, with, with other people. And I just kind of took this idea and ran with it. So it gives, uh, 10 categories. So actually I'm going to pull up on my phone the most, the most recent challenge, um, because, so you get 10 categories and we did some, we did some trial and error to figure things out. Um, so what you do is you pick a book that fits one of those categories. And, and by the end of, we cut off to, got off to a rocky start as do most new things. There were about 50 of us in the first challenge. We started it in August and the idea was that we'd be done by December 31st. So 10 books during that time period. And I kind of, as the moderator set a pace and, uh, the cover photo of the group is, uh, is always the current challenge. So I, I make a, I make a slide with a seasonal background and it's got the categories. Um, so you pick the books and we went, we went way too difficult for the first challenge. Like we tried to go in order, like from one to 10, like you pick your own book, but you start with number one, everybody starts with number one. And, and we realized pretty quickly after we started that that wasn't the best way to do it. Like everybody should just start with whichever number they want. And then as we go, so we do three challenges a year. We do two full 10 novel challenges. There's one that runs, and I think in terms of school years, not yeah. any other, sorry, that's just how my brain works. <laughs> so we go, we have a fall winter challenge that goes from August 1st to December 31st. Then we have a spring challenge. And I don't know why I, I call that one the spring challenge instead of the winter spring challenge. I think it just helps my brain. Um, <laughs> the spring challenge goes from January 1st to May 31st. And those are both 10 novel challenges. So we figure, and I moderate the group, if you read two books a month and you start on about the first and the 15th of each month, you'll have your 10 books done. 
in the time frame. And then over the summer, June, July, we do a summer mini challenge. I put out 10 categories, but you only have to do five to get the challenge done. So I have some ambitious people in, in, the, in the group who go for all 10 or some who are just happy to do the five and say, I did it. Um, but so I'm looking at, I'm looking at this challenge and this is the fall and, and people can join still because we're, what's today, August 6th? Yes. So we just started a couple days ago. So if there are people listening who would like to join, you just search 10 novel reading challenge on Facebook and you can find us. I should be able to put a link in the description. You should as well. be able to. Yeah. Yes. Um, so this, uh, the fall winter challenge is uh, a short story collection, which that's just what I happened to start with because I had a short story collection sitting on my shelf. Um, a book set in Africa, a family drama, a spooky read, the book that's been on your to-be-read pile the longest. So war and peace for you, Lindsay. <laughs> mm. mine, is, uh, mine is probably going to be The Plague of Doves by Louise Erdrich. That's been sitting on my to-be-read pile probably since 2005. <laughs> <laughs> it's a book I've always meant to read, but it's, it's like intertwined with other stories in some of Louise Erdrich's earlier books. So it's, it's a situation where I want to read all of them in order before I get to the plague of doves and I've already read them, but I want to go in order and then, yeah. Hmm. So I'll get there. I'll probably get there yep. for this challenge. Um, yep. An action adventure story, a book that's under 300 pages, a story that makes you laugh, a story that has a catchy title and a guilty pleasure read. So that those are our 10 for this five month set and you can pick whatever you want and we we play it pretty fast and loose so non-fiction's in play um i know it says novel and i i argued with somebody about this they're like non-fiction is not a novel i said i know it's not a novel calm down just because the reading is the thing and we have i we're up to we're over 300 members now oh, wow. which is kind of amazing we started with 50 and, and we're up over 300 and, and counting. I pick up a couple new people. I mean, we, we drop a couple lurkers yeah. who haven't participated <laughs> and they think, why am I doing this? But some people, and I love this, some people just like to lurk. Yeah. I'm not guilty of that, I swear. No, I'm, I'm, I'm currently lurking, they just actually. Like to read other people's posts because we all talk about what we're reading and we've got some, boy, do we have some super readers. Um, we have some people who just go and go and go. Um, one of my one of my my favorite dear members, she is the I, I've known her daughter for a long time, um, and I taught both of her grandkids. Um, but she she's on dialysis, mm. so mm. she reads while she's so but i've had i've had people in in the group who've been like oh my god why does karen read so much i'm like but well, that's her that's six to eight hours every, yeah. Every day. yeah so of course she reads that much i said don't don't feel bad that karen reads more yeah. than you do like that's just that's just her thing i i do kind of swear that's how my kid is my eldest son he ray just chews through books where it's we'll go to barnes and nobles or the library it's okay yay you know brand new book Two days later, he's like, can I have another? 
I, I'm I'm like that too, but I, I usually have a pretty I usually have a pretty healthy uh, to be read <laughs> shelf. I have my I have my bookshelf at home organized a very specific way because it it makes my brain feel happy. Um, I have I have well, it's only ever meant to be one shelf, but it usually takes up two books I've been meaning to read, and then I have just one shelf that's dedicated to books I read this year so just so i can see because mm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that makes like me that. feel a sense of accomplishment that's actually a smart idea like i know that this shelf well and you know my life is the crazy book lady a lot of times the things i've already read unless i love 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 them and want to keep them forever i'll pull them off it's the like shelf lot, yeah. and yeah yeah because i i always say even like a favorite book of mine it will come back to me like i i said how much i love heart-shaped box i, I will read it and I will give the copy away and I will get another one. Like it will just appear. I'll go, oh, yep. heart-shaped box. Guess it's time to read it again. <laughs> yep. It's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So I have like my 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 Stephanie Plum series by Janet Ivanovich. I keep those. I have actually a separate, uh, a separate place in my home office where I keep those. Um, but but yeah, I, I like to do that. I also like to take just an obscene amount of books on vacation with me because mm-hmm. where, where we stay in Lewis, Delaware, the little neighborhood has a book box. So I try to see how many books I can read and leave in the book box. That's so cool. So I make more room in my suitcase. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I've read six books on vacation this year. How long were you on vacation? A week. I couldn't even get through one. <laughs> wow. That's don't that's always awesome. read like that. I go in, I go in spurts. Like when I was reading full throttle, I started that in April and only finished it in June. Where were you on vacation? Lewis, Delaware. Well, I, I mean, like, was it a beach? Were yeah, you it was on a the beach. beach? I okay. don't really read on the beach. My kids are too little still for me to do that. And they're not that little. They're nine and eleven. But still, like, I want to watch them. And the Lewis beaches don't have lifeguards. So, <laughs> so I can't yeah. sit on the beach and read. But, so, I mean, if I'm in the beach house. You're reading. Everybody yeah. else is sitting huh. around watching TV and I'm reading. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my kids are, I, I have a, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 5-year-old, and a 3-year-old. Oh, so I'll bless you. <laughs> I I read every chance I get, but I also like have to do other things. Unfortunately, <laughs> so I but I I've been listening to The Talisman by Stephen King on oh, audiobook. Nice. So it's really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but so um so I I I read when I can. Now, you are also starting something this fall that will help you with your reading. Hmm. Yes, I am going to be the library at my kids' Christian school, private oh. Christian school. So, um, it's tiny, but um, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll be reading to them. Like I get to pick books and read to them up to um the seventh eighth. So up to eighth grade. I'll read to them. So in in different classes, like it's a special, they cycle in. 
So I'm excited. I'm excited for that. I've been collecting books. Um, actually, if you have any recommendations, um, oh, books. <laughs> are you sure you want this? <laughs> yeah, honestly, if you have, because I'm, I want a book. I want books that are good to read out loud, but I don't, I don't do accents very well. <laughs> I wish I did. I, w I would take a class on how to do accents or like how to do voice stuff better because I want to be the eccentric. I, I want them to remember what I read and, and um, I want them to love reading. So I want to be entertaining and not boring. Um, so anyway, all that to say, I'm hesitant to read books like from the South because how can you read a book from the South and not do the accent, but I can't do the accent. So I don't know. Why All my southern start? accents just end up sounding like Mainers, a Mainer accent. <laughs> <laughs> like you're talking around marbles. <laughs> I can start you with an easy one. Um, it's actually one of my one of my favorites. It's called uh, No More Dead Dogs. No More Dead Dogs. Yeah. Okay. And that's about, about uh, sixth or seventh grade level. You could you could do it with eighth graders too. Um, there's a character it has multiple narrators and there's a character named Trudy who mm -hmm. I always, when I read her out loud, I read her as a Valley girl <laughs> <laughs> and the kids love it. So you could probably do that one. I could do that one. And that's a really, I... it's a really fun book. It's a, about a kid who has decided that he's never going to tell a lie ever again. So mm -hmm. It, 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 you know, and, and it might be great for a, for a Christian school because it talks about some ethical things. Like there, there comes a certain point where, where people are like, the main character's name is Wallace. They're like, Wallace, you're, you're mean. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like not saying you should lie, but maybe don't tell the truth so hard. Like you're yeah. mean. <laughs> that yeah. That sounds good. That sounds good. Have you read Peter and the Starcatchers? No, but I've heard good things. It's really good. And if you listen to it, Jim Dale narrates it. He He's the one who narrates the Harry Potter series, too. And he's amazing. And it's really, it's a really cool series. It's like um, Peter Pan's origin story. Oh, and um, so it's neat. And it's not necessarily how the... Um, original book is like it's different which is kind of fun i liked it so i recommend it i'm thinking about reading that one but it's kind of long even if i read for like 45 minutes per class uh, you know i only have so many year so many weeks I, I don't even know if i could finish that like in a in a school year yeah. i don't know yeah, That's and that, that is definitely a thing you have to think about. But be careful asking me for book recommendations because Rob can tell you what happened when he asked me for recommendations for his book club. I just went on and on and on and on. Yeah, we. so I think I've talked about this, but with the older kids, we've been doing a summer reading, you know, let's sit down, go to the coffee shop, talk about a book we're all reading. And oh. Roll in the blue coat which has been a neat conversation piece. Uh, it, it brought out some neat little historical things from within the church and families. And but yeah, she gave me a long list of, oh, this one's good. And then 10 minutes later, oh, but wait, these are also good. 
So well, yeah. and that was just stuff that I knew I had that I could loan him. <laughs> mm. What about the boy in the striped pajamas? That's is good. that a kid's book or not a kid's book? I can't. I you 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 can do it with kids. It's written on about a fourth or fifth grade reading level. It's super heavy. Um, yeah, maybe not then. I I can't. I can't because my and you this would probably be your situation too the boys in the book are too close to my boys age and I can't do it yeah because it's so heavy and so sad and it makes me think about my own children too much yeah so like to... I, I am not emotionally <laughs> equipped to teach that book at the moment maybe maybe in 10 years when my when my kids are a little more grown up yeah and i guess i don't really want to do heavy things it's not it's because i'm not their teacher per se i'm just the girl who reads books at the library so i'm not like going to teach it i'm just going to read it so maybe i'll leave the heavy stuff to to the teachers to read but maybe but uh ooh, ender's game ender's game that's a fun one that's on our yeah. that's on our eighth grade curriculum list that we can pick from yeah so wait a minute. How's that not a heavy book that you need to discuss? I was gonna, yeah, Ender's Game is pretty heavy. I guess, but it's not Holocausty. No, it's <laughs> no. genocide. Yeah. Oh, right. Let's wipe I everything forgot. out. By the way, I, I feel guilt for this for years, and it, I, I can't give any more without saying spoilers. But yeah, and the movie. Is I forgot. Movie. It's been a long time. I. I didn't like the movie. <sighs> Even if Harrison wasn't it. <laughs> yeah. That's not a light book, Lindsay. No, that's not I light. forgot. Okay, fine. I forgot. Jeez. <laughs> that's not that's, although there there are some really good books that touch on some heavy topics that, that are totally doable with kids. Like we just at, at my school this year, we just did a book called New Kid by Jerry Craft. Um, and it's about a black student in Washington Heights who gets accepted into a mostly white magnet school mm. on a scholarship. Um, and, and it's funny. It's a graphic novel too. Um, it's really funny and really insightful, but it, it also allowed for some very interesting conversations that I could have with my students about uh, racism and unintentional racism. Because um, there, there's a particular part in, in the book where like the teacher can't remember any of her black students' names. And yeah, it's it's written in a funny way, but it's also like, wow, this this makes me uncomfortable because this is real and this happens. Yeah. Yeah, we did a book study like that with the church a couple of years back. It was Waking Up White. And there were some there were some hard moments in that. Yeah. The good conversation points. Well, yeah, yeah and that, that's the thing about this. A new kid book it it does something like that that's a little heavy and then there's something really funny afterwards to break the tension yeah. um so that that that's a, a pretty cool book with with some some heavier themes um i also really like and and i had this is one of the ones i had pitched to you it's called hope was here oh yeah um and that's about a, a teenage girl 
who um, is under the guardianship of her aunt because her mom had her and wasn't ready to have a child and basically signed custody over to her sister. Um, and they are, the, the aunt is a cook and the girl, Hope, is a waitress. So they go from town to town and they like flip diners that are in trouble. So they they stay for and like that's just what they do. They stay for a while until a until a place is back on its feet, and then they find the next place. Um, hmm. That's a neat book. So it's it's the story of them finding the town that becomes their home. Hmm. Hmm. And that's that a, that's good. a good one because her mom is still kind of in her life, and it's this very complicated thing where like she shows up and, and they, they, she does a beautiful job. It's Joan Bauer is the author. She does a beautiful job discussing all these complicated emotions that Hope has about her mom. Like it's her mom and she loves her, but she also kind of hates when she comes to visit because it's such a... Disruption? Yeah. Yeah. Like a, you come here and you say you love me so much and then you leave again. That's a good one. That's hmm. a good one. I, I've done that with um, eighth graders fairly often. All right. So I'm going to say we do need to start wrapping up because now I've got a, an appointment coming up again. All right. But I'd like to propose an idea, and I can edit this out if, if the answer is no. Um, Lindsay, you, you've got the next pick for the book club. Mm-hmm. And you've been thinking about that and pondering that because you want some vindication for what you have deemed a poor choice. Yeah, I'm, I yeah, I mostly just teasing you about that, but yeah. And I know. <laughs> but what if in early winter, late fall, after we discuss whatever your pick is, if we bring Becky back on and we let her pick whatever our next book is? Oh. That's a big instead of you and I going back and forth and we can have a conversation again and because this is this has been excellent and I <laughs> I'm editing so I'm gonna have to go through and oh no I did want to add that to the read uh, read list Should and I don't mind if I, I don't mind giving up my spot if if you want to do it next if, well, you, if you want her to pick the next book to it I'm saying we could even go so far those to have her back on to introduce and lay out what the book oh, is right. kind of oh yeah be a little more intentional about that segment that's something we can okay. talk about how that would look i got you because this has been really this has been really cool yeah this was mm -hmm. fun this is <laughs> really fun so if you're open to that i'd i'd love to have you on again and kind of surrender what not this this pick but the pick after of well and that gives me some time to really think about it so is that something you're open yeah for? okay cool so we'll, we'll get you back on probably late october early november yeah and that'll let school start up so we can yeah because usually i'm pretty hard to pin down in september and october yeah because I, yeah. I mean i have other things i do in my in my classroom i also do uh we call it fun friday where like twice a month i'd like take the kids out on a friday night and we go do something in town so wow a lot of things more kids or your students my students wow that's amazing 
it's really fun. She's one of the best educators. And, and I know some really good educators that I've met. I know some really bad ones. But excluding the one I'm married to, she's one of the best I've met and seen who works with kids. And yeah. yeah. Gee whiz. How many students do you have? In a, in a given year, about 100. Wait. Huh? You take 100 kids out? No, no, no. So it's like, well, sometimes <laughs> okay. there are 30. Um, it, it's a voluntary thing. So it's Friday night. Not everybody can go. Um, but I have a lot of people. I have a lot of people I know in the community who are who are willing to host activities or like knock the price off of something like we, we love to do the art walk and we're very friendly with a couple of the coffee shops downtown. Mm. So if it's like, uh, like the October or November art walk, one of the coffee shops will usually say, you know, come by and we'll give all the kids hot chocolate. Nice. Yeah. Which is, which is fun. And also one of my favorite stories because like, so I, I have city kids and unless their parents take them, like they've really never been to a coffee shop. Like they'll, they'll go get coffee at like the Turkey Hill or something, but not like a coffee shop. So I had, um, wonderful, wonderful people at the level 11 art department. Um, they sponsored hot chocolate for us from timeless cafe one time. And we're in, and the kids are getting their hot chocolate. And I noticed there were little cups that were meant for just water. And there was a carafe of water next to the carafes of coffee. And I noticed that some of my kids were putting coffee. I said, what are you doing? And they're like, isn't this free? They thought the coffee carafes <laughs> that they thought it was free. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, they, weren't, they were so innocent they weren't trying to do anything wrong they just thought well it was out and there were cups and it's free yeah it's for the water so I went I went up to the counter and I paid for the coffees that they took and the kids oh I said it's okay you guys like you don't and that, that's one of the reasons why I do it because they don't learn unless someone takes them and yeah yeah I just seen the stuff you've done throughout the year has been phenomenal so yeah thank you so much for coming on I, this has been really cool very fun i've got a gigantic list of books to read <laughs> thank you awesome yeah thanks for having me this this was really fun yeah and, and thank you and thank you everyone for listening and yeah there's your full reading list <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we'll, we'll have you on again. and That'll uh, be fun. Yeah. That'll be great. So, all right, Lindsay, you good? I'm good. All right. Thank you, Becky. Yes. And uh, yeah, next week we're talking, uh, what are we talking? Seven Eves. Jeez. <laughs> talking Seven Eves. Seven Eves. So. Yep. All right. Sounds good. We'll Bye.
Oh, it's so answer to answer. 